0: Hey, this is The Moment. I'm Brian Koppelman. Thanks for listening. My guest today is the great Melissa Villasenor, who is uh, a world-class impressionist and uh, a regular cast member, uh, a regular on SNL, has released uh, an album that I have listened to, and it's quality. And um, Melissa, so glad that you're here.
1: Thanks for being a fan. Thanks for having me. This is sweet.
0: Yeah, well, e- even though you're not really here because none of us are. And also I have to say, I had planned what I wanted to talk to you about. But then all I want to do now is like create Sebastian Maniscalco scenarios for you to play.
1: <laughs> I know. It's that one, it's like it's it's nice to have that Sebastian during this time and and uh yeah, I've discovered Mulaney impression. Like it's kind of it's Yes. It's, very soothing to just think what would sebastian be doing like ma what are you doing <laughs> are you gloves when you go in the the new room like it's i don't know i'm having
0: no yeah picturing him in the mansion i i was picturing him like if uh he got the call from eddie van halen that they they wanted him to do all the on stage patter now because <laughs> Like they got a new singer, but he can't handle the patter. And so they, and I was just like, cause that impression.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's so much physicality to it. It's really fun.
0: Yeah, no, I know. It's not a great one for audio, but it really is. And how did you, so I have a lot of questions about how you do the thing that you do because part of my origin story is when I was 10, I thought I was going to be an impressionist. It's all I cared about. And I did them, constantly and then i had worked up a jimmy carter impression and i really worked on it as much as a 10 year old could and my parents were really proud of it and at dinner one night they had me come out and they were like do jimmy carter do me and i was like oh, I don't. and they go come on do it and i did it and they were eating dinner with this total dickhead and i finished and he was like what well, doesn't sound like jimmy carter at all i mean you're 10 years old jimmy carter's president of the United and that was it i had <laughs> to put my I, I just it crushed my spirit
1: hey um have you been working do you do any impressions?
0: Other, other, other ones? Oh, yeah, but that's this is not not on the not not on the uh, not on a podcast with you. I don't. Yeah, sometimes they sneak out all over the place. Of course they do. I, I, uh, yeah, I can do Giamatti. like I'll do Giamatti for Giamatti sometimes when we're on set. But it's a very personal sort of a thing. So when did you realize? Like, like when did you know that you had a gift for this?
1: I was 12 years old. I remember it clearly. Uh, I Because I was into, all, we know, we were all into the pop princesses at that time. So I was um, learning, I was listening to a lot of Britney Spears. Oh, baby, baby. And then that, <laughs> I, was, I was just listening to them so much and I obsessed over them and the CD cover and everything. And uh, I started sharing. My impressions with my friends at school i went to ramona convent all girls school alhambra california and uh and yeah and i was sharing them and then it it just started making people laugh and then i you know just learning a lot of them like christian Christian anguilera was probably the next one the Um, whole that there's like you know snap right into them. um yeah and then I just love that. I I was such a shy kid all before then, but until I realized, Oh, I can make people laugh with voices. And then
0: I just, that was my next question. Yeah. That was the question. How, how did you like, what kind of a kid were you before? That was literally like, what kind of a kid were you before? Oh, you started trying to be funny and then it worked.
1: Super shy. I didn't want any attention. I hated it when, when other kids, you know, would sing the, uh, Melissa and Justin sitting in a tree that I didn't like, that would make me, I I didn't like any attention. It, it scared me. And then I don't know. I just started to bloom in my, my teens, you know? Um, and, uh, yeah, it's interesting. how Yeah. Then I felt like I had purpose. I think that was what what would happen. But did
0: you, did you, would you walk around though, knowing like, so they're making fun of you or they're giving you shit did you have some sense though that you actually had an answer for them? Like, did you know, like, well, I think I might see the world a little because like a lot of people I talked to, a lot of artists, I mean, like yeah. they they do have that. Like it, it's a weird, it's it's a weird um, sort of a dichotomy, right? Like you don't want the attention, but didn't part of you know, like, well, you guys are missing it? Like you're missing this thing I have? Or or did you not know until it just suddenly burst out of you?
1: I think I didn't well, actually now that I think about it. Mm, I I think before I, as a kid I I think I knew how to sing well and I didn't I was very shy right. to share it and but I until I realized oh I could do impressions and not everyone can I I started seeing oh I have a this is my my superpower and then I got pretty obsessed with comedy and SNL and um yeah, yeah and then I just was. I just was like, this is what I'm here for. And it um,
0: uh, hit me Did like, you start working at it? Did you start working at it then? Like when-, oh, yeah. when-
1: It was really right after I did, I did a talent show sophomore year at Ramona. And uh, I did yeah. singing impressions, singing about a garden gnome that I had on stage with me. <laughs> um, yes. But I copied Jimmy Fallon's uh, Troll Doll Celebrities bit that he had because I loved Jimmy Fallon and all his impressions. And so I made it about a gnome. I picked a few lyrics from songs for these singers and uh, changed the lyrics singing about the gnome. And, uh, and then it, 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 you know, I, I killed. I gotta admit, I killed at at, at Ramona. Uh, that must, then, ha-
0: yeah, but that must have just been unbelievable. Yeah. So then you're fully out of your shell because you're. It's not just for right. your. Like, would you cut up in class? Like, if if a teacher, a nun, or whatever said said something, could you impersonate the nuns and all that stuff? Did you have uh, all that down? Yeah, I think I did.
1: I think I was uh, imitating teachers too. Um, yeah,
0: but but the show, but the talent show was when it was like
1: mm-hmm. that's when I felt that f- it was like, I swear it was a flame in my chest, a big fireball. Huh. <laughs> That's how I, I got all warm. I felt very <sighs> warm and it felt so cool. And then uh, immediately I was on the computers at the library at school, looking for open mics and got obsessed. And then I I did the laugh factory comedy camp that summer.
0: Of yeah. I read about that. Yeah. When, when did it hit you that it was worth it? Like I was talking to my friend Penn Gillette and he always says this thing. I just was talking about this this morning, though. That most people look at a magic trick and say, "I yeah, I'd put in ten hours of practice to learn that." But like, Penn is willing to put in two hundred hours of practice for that move, like a, by a factor of so much more. And like when I was watching a bunch of your impressions over the last couple of days, you have this incredible gift, an amazing year, and incredible control. But also, like, can you just talk a little bit about? How that, cause like a lot of kids sort of have a facility with this. Like a lot of people have some facility, yeah. but like, when did you realize it was worth it for you to spend the crazy amount of time it takes to actually perfect these things, like to take it to the length that you take it?
1: Oh, man. I think, I think it was every time I would try to ignore it. I am mean, especially the early years, like, Oh, maybe I shouldn't do pursue this. It, I would get, so sad because i didn't feel alive and it's because i yes. knew i to do this like there was there's always anytime like i try to ignore it or get lazy or just you say like i oh, forget it. i don't want to do any of this it, there's something inside that's like no i'm it, you have to because it'll make you feel alive again so i don't know i think that ah, was that's, that's I think that yeah i think that's what always kind of pushed me to keep going because every yeah
0: and that would push you to go to spend time, like, like can you talk a little bit, because I, I do think it is like a magic trick and that when someone sees a perfect impression, it can feel effortless. And I'm sure sometimes it is effortless, like it just happens and you're amazing, especially the first time you do one. I'm sure it's like incredible. And then you're like, how do I get back there? But could you talk a little bit about the process, like what it really takes to get an impression up to where you feel like, okay, I can really take this out. Like this is the real deal. Like how much, how much time, how do you work on it? What's the process like?
1: Each one has been different. I think it's, but I I think what helps me is watching a movie of that actor or a lot of interviews of them and not even attempting, just simply watching them because I I admire them and like them so much. And then going to sleep. And then usually by the next morning, I'll start feeling little prickles of them. And like their facial movements or and impressions <laughs> and their and then how you know their voice it'll it's always through sleep and like letting it sink in a bit um if i have that time unless it's like with snl uh, you know the day before live i have to work on an impression then it's then it's it, listen to the voice watch them for a while and and then just keep pressing, you know, going on the voice memos on my phone and recording and seeing if I sound like that person.
0: Because by then now, now your craft is locked, right? But like, so you can do that if you have to, if you have to do it because you're a top professional of your craft, but like, (laughs) would you do? No. So like, it makes sense to me that by now your instrument is so honed like that, but like, would you, would you, um, do you do it in the mirror at home or do you tape yourself on your phone? Like, or do you show a friend or a loved one? Like what, how does that, how does it, or do you like the first time you do it to be in front of someone you're going to try to make laugh? Like, how do you deal with that? No,
1: I I think it's just, I don't, I don't even think I go in the mirror. I think it's audio first and then I'll record myself. I think I record myself on my phone usually helps to do. That's why I try them out a lot on the Instagram stories Cause then I yeah. see myself after after filming like, Oh, that's the face he makes or that's, that's what she does. And, uh, but very rarely do I say, ask someone, Hey, what do you, th- I think I, I just trust myself enough now. <laughs> it's like, man, I, I know what to do, but, but I think, <laughs> right. uh, but it's, yeah, that's so cool to think about what I, um, yeah, I think I just, I, I, just over and over, just keep practicing, but.
0: And you do, you do keep practicing them. So you're, you're thinking about it. Are you thinking about them all the time? Like, like, no. or. I think I
1: all it, They just kind of pop up and that's my favorite, discovering a new one that, Oh, I, I, you know, I didn't look at someone else doing it. It was just from yes. the pure joy of watching this person. Um, Oh, that's right. such
0: a great distinction, right? Because the yeah. truth is, like, we can all now do walking because we've seen, uh, you know, uh, Pollock do it, and we've seen Jay do it. Everyone can do walking, but to create one from the beginning, like, I haven't really seen a maniscalco until you brought yours out. How did?
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Good. Ahead. Uh, no, what were
0: you going to say? Were you doing someone else doing it, or is that no, no, yours?
1: No. It was. Uh, I've known Sebastian for years, just from. I mean, I don't know him that well, but I've done a plenty of shows with him at the comedy store, and uh I've seen him over the years. I've watched his specials, and I've just always knew how he would talk and see things um but it wasn't till this past season of s n l in the beginning of the year uh Dan Licata wrote a sketch for sebastian and it was and I think he was in my office with my uh, friend Stephen Casier, who is a writer too I share my office with, and he was like oh." Dan was like, who should I have to do this? I have this Sebastian huh. skin. Who should I have to it? And right away, my friend Steve was like, oh, you should have Melissa do it. And I was like, oh, I, I know Sebastian. Uh, but I, you know, he was like, yeah, can you read this for the table read and play Sebastian? I was like, I'll, I mean, I'll try. And I and I remember feeling like, oh, I don't know, it's going to work. And then at the table, it just, it just killed. And then I realized, oh, I, I do got it in me. Once I started locking in, like I closed, I could see his Sebastian, sometimes with impressions when I get really into it. I mean, all of them, if I could feel it, I see their face on my face. And then I I feel like in their body. And so, I I don't know. And then. No, that's that's the
0: best. That's the best thing to hear. That's amazing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and then I got so into it once we got the first lapse of that sketch. And, you know, it, it hasn't gone to air so I feel it probably maybe I'm ruining the surprise, but I can't help it. I like sharing impressions with my fans, new ones, you know. So,
0: oh, you know, so that that stuff. sketch that that sketch didn't make it to air.
1: Yeah, Sebastian hasn't made it on air not yet. He will.
0: So. Th- to, oh, yeah, it has to because the Brabiglia thing destroyed me. I watched it so many times over oh. just to see you do that. Because we were standing around on set, um, Dan Soder and uh, my creative partner Levine and I were standing around on set, just all three of us doing Sebastian for like an hour one day, having just because it's. it's so yeah, but yours is, I've just, it's like the, my favorite impression I've ever seen, I think, at the moment, wow. right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how that happened. And then at the table, were you doing the body stuff too? Do you find yourself doing all the oh, yeah. neck and I, all I the moves?
1: Oh, yeah. I got out of my chair. You have to, Sebastian. It's all physical. <laughs> you know?
0: That's the best thing. Yeah.
1: And I, I think there's something to it's a lot of, especially Millennium, Sebastian. I, I know I'm, maybe I don't sound exactly like the voice, but I think, my joy of playing them is also a huge part of impressions. Like the, the fact that I have so much fun that that shines through everything always. You know, with anything.
0: But, yeah. Oh yeah, you mean you? Because well, it goes back to that thing you said about feeling um, alive doing this stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's like discovering new goals.
0: Yeah because I I always talk about how um if you don't pursue if you know that you love something like this and you don't do it like I was I don't know how if you've ever heard this the podcast before but like when I was 30 I was a completely blocked writer like I couldn't I couldn't do it I wasn't living this life and I realized that to be blocked like that to let it win and not pursue this there would be like a, a some kind of a death and like any other death right. would have toxicity. Do you know what I mean? It becomes toxic because yeah. you have to learn to work from the place where you feel most alive. So I completely relate to that idea that the joy you see in a performer getting off on a thing is the thing, right? It's, it's what makes it come alive to you as the guy watching it.
1: hmm
0: Yep. So yeah, it makes complete sense to me that that's the thing that you, that, 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 you know, this impression works when you get that feeling almost without having to, see anything else it just you you feel in it right can, mm-hmm. can you t- yeah. can you talk about um your first snl audition when you were 21
1: yeah i was 21 it was i feel like um man i had just started doing open mics and stuff but i had a few good and solid impressions, you know, especially ones since high school. So I uh, made a tape with my manager at that time. And then uh, I was doing a show in the belly room at the comedy store. And Neil Brennan saw my impressions. And yes, I feel he had let someone, I think, Seth Meyers know about me. And then I got an audition that summer. Wow. And yeah, I was a little baby. And then I I killed the first one. I did great. And I knew it. And, was the first uh, one at? Wait, was
0: the five? Wait, I want to go slower. Was the first one at SNL, or was the first one like in a club? They came to see you in a club.
1: No, no, it was at SNL. It was on the. T- it was on the stage. The very H.
0: first one. So you, your first one, you came in there and you killed. That's unbelievable.
1: Ha- yeah, ha- I, I mean, it was. <laughs> I was very nervous. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, did you fly
0: to New York part. for it? Did you fly to New York for it?
1: Flew to New York, and then I I ran the the impression audition uh, at three different comedy clubs the night before, and then yeah I couldn't eat. I remember all I could eat was <laughs> just some
0: yogurt. <laughs> it, oh my it's, god, it's
1: just too much. It's too much to yeah, my brain.
0: I can't. I I can't even imagine what that would have felt like at that age when you loved SNL so much, and so you get walk into Thirty Rock and everything, and they're like, "Oh, come this way." Um, and, and then you walk yeah. out of that stage and do you see Lauren? Is Lauren there?
1: I didn't look, I just went straight to the stage, did the audition. And then after he, he shook my hand and said it was great. And then that made me all cocky a little bit inside my head, you know, like, Oh yeah, this is yes. it, baby. <laughs> and <laughs> then, uh, <laughs> and then I had a callback, you know, oh, that was like, I think in, in, July and then I waited hoping for a call to get the show but then it was and then I had a call back for August and I didn't get the show it was that that was you know that was right I was no I was I didn't put any I, I wasn't good I'm just going to flat out say it I wasn't a good I wasn't a funny person yet I I had some impressions but I really didn't really even know who I was so uh
0: yeah oh that's fascinating okay can you talk a little bit more about sorry i have so many questions about this i'm going to go slow because this is totally fascinating because you're at the top of your field right and now you're you're 21 you killed in a lauren michaels Uh, Audition the first time, second time, it doesn't quite work, but now you're saying you weren't yet a funny person. Can you just talk about the distinction? Because like, obviously you were funny from when you were 12 years old. I know what you mean when you say you had some impressions, but you weren't really a funny person, but you just talk about what you mean a little bit about what it means to find your own voice as a funny person.
1: Yeah, I think, and I, you know, I think all the years, I mean, up until maybe just, I don't know few years ago I felt like I started becoming a funny funny person I think I've always done impressions and and I could get all the laughs from any impression and it's amazing and you get applause breaks you know um but I and I I remember after I did America's Got Talent I was immediately on the road after headlining colleges and clubs on my own and that was also a different shock to my system of headlining at 23 which is of insane. course um and I had you know 15 minutes of bits and impressions but I think uh there's this like stubborn side of me too where I I get scared of just I remember that moment I felt like I didn't want to just be an impressionist because that scares me not people not knowing me you know just people going oh do yes. that impression do that impression yeah, we don't want to know about you. And then, but then I forced myself, I was like, I'm just going to really start writing about myself and my view of things. And I think through time, I think I said it maybe just last summer, two summers ago on the road, like I, I finally feel funny. I finally have <laughs> like, a view of things. And I, I, and I still, I just like that mesh of impression bits. And then I, I talk about my family, imitate family members. I talk about myself. It's just nice and silly and sweet, and it's. I want to do it all, and I think that's what's, you know, becoming a funny person just takes so long, and I think it's yeah, that was like ten years of stand up and going on getting on what stage. What do you think? Just, it's yeah. What do you
0: think gets in people's? What do you think gets in your way though? Like because you're all the things you were saying. Like it's what is it? Fear of really like that that combined thing of wanting to show yourself but then being scared of the way you're showing yourself. Like. What do you think it is that's sort of like, is the thing that, that in the beginning, because you were killing, you were winning shit, you were working. Right. So no, what is it that, that was in your way, do you think?
1: I think growing up, I think was my, like myself, I think, uh, growing up, I was always had a low esteem and I think being more sheltered and having strict parents, I think I, I felt I couldn't know myself because I felt so sheltered and afraid of things. Mm. So I think by the time I started doing open mics and stuff, you know, was in, you know, 18, 19, 20, you know, still living at my parents' house and I, I, all their views are my views, you know? And I think it just took me a long time to I think. It's all about growing and growing as a person off stage and, and then on stage. I think that's where you get that nice character on stage. But, um, man, I forgot the question and this happens to me. No, that's,
0: no, that's a really deep answer. No, no, you gave a really deep answer to the (laughs) idea that their views, no, but the idea that their views are your views, meaning it, you know, that, that means a lot of stuff. I mean, also their view on, on who you were and what you should be, all that stuff. And so finding your own point of view with all that is hard, right? Figuring out who Melissa is, not Melissa as seen through the eyes of, your parents or whoever else, but like who you actually are Mm -hmm. when, when you got, so now it's, I think you could say you weren't that funny back then when you were 21, even though you obviously were hilarious in other ways. But I have friends who were crushed by that audition process, like who just, they did it. They didn't get it. They, it took them years to kind of like get a sense of themselves again Can you just talk about how you, because I'm fascinated by rejection, like how did you process those feelings? And more than that, like how do you process rejection in this business filled with rejection? Like even a job now, which is the greatest job in the world, but sketches get rejected all the time or don't go to air. Like just talk about the specific and then the global way that you think about rejection.
1: Well, with the SNL, the first audition when I didn't get it, I remember it yeah it did hurt, and I left a a imprint of oh i I should just work on something else then um I was still doing open mics and some shows, but i didn't but i i I think I was like thinking oh i'll I'll study something at junior college, and then I was still in my parents house, and I was trying to find other hobbies to distract me. And I remember huh. I, and this is where i <laughs> bringing all my hobbies in these days on my live streams, but bird watching, I got into, uh, um, doing some volunteer work for Pointing Hills Habitat Authority and, and taking kids on hiking trails. And I got an interest. I love started playing a lot of video games. So I was just trying to fluff, fill myself with a lot of different stuff to try to figure out something else to do with my life. Um, but then I, yeah, it was that thing. Of, it kept reeling me in. I couldn't escape. So it you ever. did
0: almost quit. No, this is really important, though, for people because you did almost quit. You did, you considered maybe that was a jo- like I'm fascinated by uh, gatekeepers and the way gatekeepers can, um, if we let them, really influence what we think of ourselves. So you went to New York. You thought you crushed the first one. You did the second one when you didn't get it. It literally almost made you give this shit up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. For sure.
0: And then ten, um, ten, 10 years later, you're on, I mean, fewer, shorter than 10 years later, like six years later, seven years later, you're on Saturday Night Live. So um, that's yeah. an incredible kind of resiliency. But so did you learn, so, okay, you started again, right? Because you say you couldn't help it. You got drawn back to it. But did you take any lessons about rejection away from it? Like, I guess one is you looked at yourself and said you didn't think you were quite good enough yet, but how do you deal with with the general rejections of the business.
1: Ooh. Hmm. I guess it really I turn into a little kid Melissa where I, you know, cry and pout and go to my <laughs> room and uh it really is the same. Even you know, with SNL, like, I'll like it. I'm gonna go home. I don't need anyone. You know? And then I <laughs> that's what happens. Um I I think there's that thing when I get feel rejected or if I even, you know, compare myself to other people, then I, there's that kind of cool feeling of giving up, which there's always beauty that comes out of that. It's So cool. How I just think, um, I think I deal with it with when I feel rejected from one thing, then I'll go create something else like a drawing or a song. Um, it just, I don't know. I, i enter other little places that bring me comfort. Um,
0: but you're saying even now if you're in a Thursday or whatever and someone doesn't like your doesn't like what you've written or prepared it still feels really bad to you at first.
1: Oh yeah, it could it still oh, it hurts big time. It it's very vulnerable to you know not get laughs or just someone say, oh, I don't think that's a strong enough idea. And you're like, oh, damn, this sucks. Oh, I know. <laughs> it's, oh. I've always been good at it. But yeah, I think I've gotten stronger at, just better at knowing my process of, I could vent to a friend, I could go on a run. Like now there's like these options of, now I know what to do when I, when I feel that rejection.
0: Yeah. You made as opposed to just beating yourself up and feeling worthless. Now, you know, you can walk yourself, you can kind of like go through, uh, you can accelerate the process to get back on, on your feet. So what used to take a couple months now takes you a few hours, basically.
1: I think so. Yeah. Good sleep. You know, sleep always kind of washes it away.
0: How do you get sleep on an SNL schedule?
1: <laughs> oh, I'm a big nap girl. I take big naps. I take maybe two, three-hour naps.
0: <laughs> That's unbelievable. I can, I, the most I could do is I a 20-minute meditation. That's amazing. It's also, it's
1: also the effect of Lexapro, the antidepressant. I've been on that for a few years. so It, <laughs> it also yes. makes me nap and get sleepy. Um,
0: Le- but, Lexapro is a really good one. I took it for six months. It really helped me when I needed it for anxi- more anxiety than um
1: yeah depression yeah. but yeah i, I try to steer, to steer off right anxiety no
0: no so, if, if you need it I mean, stay there stay on it stay on it but it helps yeah. you sleep i agree yeah. it helps you sleep yes uh sleep, that makes yeah. that makes total sense like so you're so used to this whole idea of and and it's clear that like rejection hurts you yet you take huge creative risks all the time like I listened to your album, and I knew before I even put it on that, like you, it was going to be good. I knew it was going to be a good record. Like I could tell from the way you sang. No, I knew it was going to work. But that's a gigantic <laughs> risk, right? A comedian releasing an album that's a sincere album is a gigantic risk.
1: Yeah, I know, and the, I mean, I, I just don't. I just think, hey, got one life, do everything your heart and soul says. Whatever it's calling and saying to do, just do it. And I think thankfully, you know, I have, I can, with the work I do, I, I put it that, put money into making a record. I don't know who's going to listen. I know a lot of fans, but I, I mean, I just make stuff that's whatever my soul's saying to do. Thankfully. Yeah. I feel.
0: Yeah. It's so awesome. And when you're doing.
1: There's some, they're emotional, some of them, you know, and I, and I notice I'll share some. Really deep ones on Twitter, and that's not a good place to share my uh, heart-opening, you know, drawings cause people <laughs> be like, "Oh yeah, that this." I'm like, forget it. That hurt my. F- that came from my heart, sir. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's how I have The art cat, and that's it's all super sweet artists that uh, connect with me on my level. So.
0: Um, right but so when you do something like that release a record so when you're making it you're not at all thinking about the way it's going to be received meaning uh, like the whole who who is she to think that but then do you have a moment before it's going to be uploaded to spotify where you're like oh fuck they're all going to see who i really am in about five minutes
1: Mm -mm. i didn't feel that at all i was like this is this is great i felt really proud 'Cause I was also waiting, it took a year to make it. Like it was I kept thinking, okay, I'd release this the album then and then it just kept finally I released it on my birthday for a gift to myself.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. Um,
1: but yeah, it just felt really nice. And um no, I think I think that's what's great about doing stand-up too is it's it's forced me to be an open book and I think with all the pieces all the things i create it's all just an open book and it's really like here you go here you go there's another here you go it doesn't matter here you go there's another part you know
0: yes it's a it's it's an incredibly open approach to being an artist in and in this day and age too to just be that sort of open and that available uh, is really it's beautiful it's very inspiring uh, it's a very inspiring thing like even just watching the little like the things you'll do on your insta like the one you did where you're waiting for your first makeout session after this ends or whatever I mean that is <laughs> h- hilarious but really vulnerable too you know
1: <laughs> that's so sad yeah, <laughs> yeah really so sad funny. it's like there's that two layers too it. it's like man this is this sucks this is sad and then it's also fucking <laughs> <real> funny <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, both. No, and I thought oh, that was—I thought that was beautiful. Can you walk us through um, the way you built your set for America's Got Talent? I watched that uh, this morning again, and like you were—so yeah. you were 23. You'd gone through that SNL thing, but you came out there with so much poise and control.
1: Oh, I know. And well, go ahead. ahead. You no, know, tell cringe. me. It makes me cringe to rewatch it. I'm like, man, that was a different girl. It really was. In what way? My- In what way? Yeah, I was forcing so much of like the, the movements and my my voice and just really being extra quirky. I think it was, but that's but, but that's the early stages of of comedy is really testing, trying on different things to figure out who the heck you are, you know. So I, but I could, I think it was really cute and and also, a, I mean, a huge moment in my career. So
0: how did but you? <laughs> No, but I rewatched it and I will say you have so much poise and control up there. Like, even though you say you, you know, you have your crappy job or whatever, they say, What do you do? Uh, You had the affect of like a real professional performer. And I'm thinking that putting together that set, knowing it wasn't just a comedy club set, it was like a set for all of America in a way, must have taken some real plan. Like, did it take planning or was it just, well, this is my funniest minute and a half? Like, how did you think about it?
1: No, I think it did. I, I did take some planning. I feel um, I wrote some things myself, and then there was uh, Jamie Lee. She's a comedian. She's awesome. She helped me write this. It was a. Oh, I don't think I made it in that first piece, but a few like a Sarah Silverman impression, a bit. Right. Um, I, I did have some help from friends, and um, yeah, it, I I think there was some. Even my manager at the time, I, I remember him being like, I think you shouldn't do that. And at the end of the, you know, that day, I was like, no, I'm just going to do what I like best, what makes me light up the most. And that's that's something that I, I stick by today. Like, what is going to light me up the most? That's going to make wow. me have the fun. That's going to make me feel, that's going to make me laugh. It's always comes down to that. Well, what's going to really, just make me feel like me, you know. So and
0: and did you life. know your did you know your life had changed? Like when you got off that stage, what did that feel like? Did you know? Oh fuck!
1: Yeah, I felt. Yeah, I felt like there's this, there's a certain, and I felt this way when I did my Lady Gaga update. I know this yes. is weird. Did feel and I felt that with AGT also. I feel. Like I have everyone in my hands in my power. Oh. <laughs> it's a really crazy, powerful feeling, but i I walked off feeling like, oh, that sl- that same like fire ignite within like oh, the step
0: amazing into
1: the power that power like that I carry. then I'm like, oh, I just stepped into it again. Um that's what I felt after. but I didn't think so I remember we take that in it was in February. And then it didn't air until June, what was that, 2011?
0: Yeah, that's what I it's, 2011. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes. So yeah,
1: it was months and I forgot about it. You know, I went back to work and and then, it, and then you know, they were telling me, okay, America's Got time. I'm like, okay, your episode's going to air tonight. Get ready. And I was like, whatever, it's nothing. Because I, wait, I was you like, really I wait? Why.
0: Hold on, for real? Wait, for real? I gotta like, for real? You weren't? You really just went back to your life? Like you weren't aware that you just taped on one of the biggest TV shows, a huge, crushing set?
1: I know. I remember. I was feeling very, very proud and good for a few days, but then you know, then it months went by. What was that? Yeah, March, April, May. June. Yeah, about four, four months. Right. So, so then, but but I remember, yeah, thinking, oh, it's, I'm not even going to watch it. I can't watch myself. And then I remember when it aired in was it New York first. It was earlier that day and I was in L.A. And I got a bunch of started getting a lot of love, tweets, Facebook messages and
0: Amazing. comments,
1: and calls. And I was like, "What what's going on? And then it, it was a big hit. And so, uh, I mean, I would say within a couple of weeks, I was already on the road. I was able to. Just,
0: did you then know. watch the la wait when it so it airs in new york you get all those messages did you then decide all right fuck it i'll watch the uh la airing
1: i went yeah i went to my parents house and they were watching it i, I don't know if i actually sat the whole time i still felt weird about it but i did catch a little bit and i was like okay at least my christina sounds good that's all right and then yeah i think then i then i started started to really sink in like this is now i'm, I'm gonna be a Full time on the road, comic.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, it's yeah, it's clear, and that's incredible. And then, did you in the back of your mind? When did you start thinking about uh, SNL again? And how did the second chance at SNL?
1: Yeah, I think I did because you know, the uh, America's Got Talent is also on NBC, and I was like, hey, maybe they'll connect. You know, maybe the yes. <laughs> maybe I'll wind up there again. Maybe they'll see it. Um, I think I probably did edit a reel with the clips from AGT that summer. You know, and I think I. The following years, always submitted a a impression reel.
0: Um, And then, how did it how did it finally happen? What happened? Did they call you? Did you have to audition again? Like, what was it that got you the show? Finally, no
1: years went by, and I think it was. um, How did this happen? Oh, I think I no, I did this showcase with uh, Al Madrigal. His comics. Yes. He had me in his. It was a Latino showcase here in L.A., and I think one of the producers from SNL was at that show. And Al told me, "Hey, she's here, SNL." So, so you know. And I, I remember thinking, "Well, okay, but I'm going to do my stand up the way I want to do it." You know, I had certain bits that I wanted to do. That's what I planned that day. I didn't care, <laughs> in a way of just like I. Well, I want to still do my standup set. I'm not going to mold it, right? And I think because I, through the years I just started feeling more comfy with myself, and um, yeah. And then I got a call to do a showcase in LA at I the old Iowa West. It's not there anymore, unfortunately. Um, and then from there, I got a call to fly to New York to. Sh- to do the audition again and then i, I flew home for a couple weeks and then i flew back for meetings and then i flew once i left then i had a good back spasm so what happens when i get really when i can't believe it's real life when yes. i'm very happy i get back spasms and that was new in my life at <laughs> that time it <laughs> 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 goes out and i can't really walk um
0: <laughs> have you <laughs> have you, have you wait have you have you ever read the John Sarno books that are the cure for this? No. Oh what? yeah, these me- are this is the cure for real. I'll 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 message you right after this and you'll read okay. one of these books while we're on this thing and it just fixes you up like hundreds of Whoa. like just so many people. It will you will you're exactly right about the cause of this and this will you will not you will not have this happen to you if you read the book, you oh will my be better. God. Yep. For real. So wait, you, but you came to New York, y'all, yeah, I'll show you after this. So tell me what you did. You went to New York and did the audition. Was Lauren at the audition?
1: Yes. Yes. And then I think writers were too, but, um, I think it was another thing where I, I stick to my guns. on like, what, will what's going to make me feel happy, walk away proud. Yes. And I, performed on stage like it was a stand up show, and I did what made me feel good. And then I walked away just like, well, I, I gave what I could. This is what I've um, worked on this far that makes me feel like I shine and makes me feel good. And then, yeah, I think there was a How little part you- of me, that, well, I hope Lauren gives me a handshake again like he did years ago.
0: <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> like, did he? Yeah. Did he?
1: No, did he it didn't. give you a
0: handshake? So no. what happened? How did you find out you got the show? What happened?
1: Uh well I flew back for meetings and I was like, we're getting closer. I feel it. And then I then from there I flew back to LA after the meetings. And then right when I landed I got the call.
0: So yeah. Crazy. From Lauren or from psych like, who called you?
1: Lauren. Yeah, yeah.
0: So, oh my! So when you heard it was Lauren on the phone, did you keep your cool? I can't imagine what that must feel. Oh like. No, I, mean, that I was
1: be- around the airport and I was, I was <laughs> smiling and and uh, crying, and my brother picked me up, and uh, it was really—he <sighs> was crying too because it was just my whole family's been on in on going to so many stand-up shows for so long, and it just was a—it was beautiful. It was really a beautiful moment. Like I, it felt. Like I entered a dream world. It didn't feel real. I felt, oh, this is this isn't. I, I didn't, I don't know. It was weird. It was so cool. And so we celebrated by getting pizza and uh and I think we had champagne and we watched Dunstan checks and classic 90s.
0: That, that's cartoon. awesome. But that is so moving. <laughs> what a moving thing that you were like crying and your family was all hugged. Like that's just I mean, that's beautiful. Yeah. I mean, to get to experience that. And and how, well, the, the day that you flew to start work on the show, was it surreal to you? Was it like uh, bigger than life in a way?
1: Um, I felt, well, I flew, yeah, it, it just felt, I think it was that weekend I had, yeah, I just had a weekend. He was like, well, pack your stuff up because you're you have to come back today. <laughs> I was like, oh. So I had to pack and um, they're going to release some news. And I was, yeah, it just felt wild. It felt so cool.
0: How long did it take you to get used to the feeling of walking into the party, the after show party where you felt like, oh, this is, I'm, I'm on the show. Like, I can just walk into this party.
1: Oh, actually, that never occurred in my brain. Um so
0: you don't allow yourself to take more, in like the legacy. You don't allow yourself to take in like the legacy of the whole thing you're a part of, really?
1: Uh no, I take it in. I take it in more when I s when I walk around the halls and I look at all the huh. you, the previous cast members. Like that's when I'm like, What the hell? I'm here? Where, you know, Chris Farley was here and Gilda and Sherry like th- that's when more when I really soak it soak it in. That's just that's unreal, real, um but the after parties i i think i I've just struggled because i'm not a um extrovert person, so parties are aren't really my uh, right. very they're very tough for me so i I think the parties i i, I try to just in and out and try to have a little mental game for myself like well... Try to talk to at least three people, then you're allowed to go home, Melissa. <laughs>
0: That's good. That's a good one. Yeah, I get that. What was the uh, What was the cast when you were growing up? What was the cast that like meant the most to you? Which years? Well, oh,
1: man. I mean, Will Ferrell in high school. Will Ferrell's time. Sherri Terry. I think there yes. Yeah, that was my favorite time. And then I also we also had all the best of DVDs. So Chris Farley's DVD. I've watched that so much. Um, we had Adam Sandler's. I like that troupe too. Chris Farley, David Spade. I really so Adam's. what was
0: it like for you those weeks? Like when Ad recently when Adam came back and when Eddie came back, was it, what was it oh, like to be around that? Be part of just, it? It's
1: just, it's mind blowing. I feel like, yeah, it's just a little kid version. I mean, like why you are in front of me? You're laughing. You know, it was, I think that's been one of my favorite moments thus far was, Playing Bobby Boucher for Adam Sandler, that yes. was. Oh, it meant it really means a lot. That means so much to me that I got to make him giggle with that impression. And also, what was really this is a beautiful thing about that uh, impression that week because originally I wasn't in the sketch. Originally, Kristen Wiig was supposed to play the water boy, and so at table read, uh one so the what happened. Had- the writer said at a table read, Hey, can you read for uh Christian Wake's part as Bobby Boucher? I was like, Yeah, sure. I didn't practice it. I but I I just did it at the right. table the way I remembered Waterboy and it and it got such big laughs and um Lauren was like, I oh, should we should probably keep Melissa listening as Waterboy. I was like, Yeah, keep me in there. Uh, <laughs> and um
0: huh. Amazing. But it- did you freak out oh, think you must have been so excited?
1: Yeah, it was. that was. I was so happy to be in that one, and i um for me too. It's the Water Boy is my favorite Adam Sandler character, especially because my siblings and I we we do that impression. We've been doing that impression as kids.
0: <laughs> it just yes. felt
1: yeah again like childhood childhood feelings just coming back, and um when stepping into Bobby Boucher, it was so fun.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much for being, I got to say you said so many inspiring things in this podcast. Like I hope, uh, thank you for being so open. And I really think right from the beginning, this whole idea of the fact that you had to keep finding a way to work from the place that made you feel alive. Like each time you talked about, Hey, I'm going to, if I'm going to go back and audition again, I'm going to do it the way that I want to do it. I mean, that is huge. I think what a, what a terrific lesson to have learned still by such a, a young age for you you're, you're amazing good. Melissa thanks thanks Brian and, thanks. and you you gotta get uh, Mattiscalco uh, on the air next season um, I have to see it
1: it's gonna happen it's just that finding that right little pocket you know
0: yeah, you can uh, yeah folks you can find Melissa via on uh, Twitter what name are you under on there
1: Melissa V comedy for Twitter and Instagram yeah
0: and you can find me at Brian Compliment on Twitter you can email me the moment bK at gmail.com Thank you, everybody. We'll see you next time.